Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, it's just me, Josh Earl, at the top of this episode to say a few things. If you are in Brisbane the weekend that this episode comes out, so May 14, May 15 at the Brisbane Powerhouse, I'm doing two episodes of Don't You Know Who I Am? So with amazing lineups, including people like Daniel Walker, Conchetta Carista, Brett Blake, Ross Noble, Tom Walker, heaps more. It's going to be heaps and heaps of fun. If you're not in Brisbane and want to hear those episodes, you need to become a Patreon subscriber. So go to patreon.com slash D-Y-K-W-I-A. That's patreon.com slash D-Y-K-W-I-A. So for tickets to the show, go to joshell.com.au. This is very exciting. This is the very first episode of 100% Hits Volume Pod. Thank you for downloading it. Thank you for listening to it. Please hit the subscribe button, share it around as much as you can on the socials. Thank you, everyone, for downloading this episode. Please enjoy it with Kevin Mitchell of Jebediah and Bob Evans and Adam Richard. I'll see you on the other side of this music. Hello and welcome to 100% Hits Volume Pod, the podcast that looks back on the greatest compilation series ever produced in Australia. My name is Joshua and today I have two very special guests. Please welcome a man who last time I was publicly discussing music was sitting to my left. It's Adam Richard. Yay. Yay. And joining us is a man whose style and haircut I copied when I was in year 11, 12 at Heli College in Burnie in Tasmania. From <laughs> Jebediah and Bob <laughs> Evans, it's Kevin Mitchell. Yay. Hello. Hey Kev. Hey Adam. Hey. hey. How's it going? Good, thank you for doing this. Yes, I, I walked into Exodus Cutters, Kev, with a, a picture from Juice Magazine of you, and I said, "That's what I want." You're kidding me, really? No, yeah, that's amazing. Um, I'm I'm very honoured. Uh, so, I what sort of? So, was this is this Bob Evans years or no? Jebediah this was Jebediah years. years. This is uh, leaving home. I had it on a CD single. I, I saw wow. the I saw the uh, film clip on Recovery and went, "That's a that's a band that I like." <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I, 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 well, I still am convinced that um, every haircut I had um, up until about 2005, or maybe 2004, was just terrible, like no. <laughs> shit house. That's, that's oh, yeah. how we all felt about George. Yes, I never told you. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, well, I can't believe it. Uh, I managed to, you know, convince some people that I had style. You influenced a kid in Bernie. Wow. And now I'm doing a podcast, so it's you to blame. <laughs> so what we're doing is we're talking about, this is the very first episode of 100% Hits Volume Pod. We're talking about the 100% Hits compilation albums, which was produced by EMI, Warner and Polystar. Kev, are you on any of those labels? Have you ever been on any of those labels? Um, yeah, I was on EMI up until about uh, two years ago. Okay. Um, so, yeah, between 2005 and uh, 2019. Did you ever get on a 100% Hits compilation? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that I, oh, you know, it's possible that Don't You Think It's Time may have snuck on one. That's the only song, Bob Evans song, that's sort of yeah. been popular enough. But um, in the early years of uh, Jebediah, or, you know, in the Sony years of Jebediah, um, whenever we were um, invited onto these compilation CDs, we always said no because we thought we were too cool for them. Yeah. <laughs> now I realise what a fucking stupid mistake that was. <laughs> 
because <laughs> we were missing out on like easy fucking money, you know. Yeah. I hundred percent agree. I think that so many bands would have thought this is not cool, but not realizing that so many people back there, this is their intro into yeah. music, which is definitely my intro to music. So it was ninety one. So Adam, how were you listening to music in ninety one? Uh, I was working in a bank and we had the radio on all day. I yeah. had the I had the compilation album before this one, before they went 100% hits. It was called yep. Yo Let's Go 91. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it had the second singles of both MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice that no one cared about. <laughs> so the second single of MC Hammer was Prey, was it? Yes. Yeah, I, I think I had that on cast single. Yeah. And, pl- and Play That Funky Music by uh, Vanilla Ice. Vanilla it wasn't Ice. wide enough. No, uh, he had to do a cover of that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was, because, okay, we'll start off. We'll start off. We'll get back into what we were doing when we were listening in 91. Hmm. Uh, so it starts off this compilation series, which goes for 33 compilation series. It goes all the way wow. up to 2017. Wow. They start off very horny. Okay, <laughs> and this is a constant theme in the first years of this compilation. It's whoever's doing it is just some horny guy. I'm going to say guy, and so the very first song is by an, a man called Latour, L A T O U R. That's his surname. His real name's William Latour. He was a radio guy, song parodist. So he got oh. his break doing song parodies. So his big song parody before this was. Rock Me Jerry Lewis, which is a parody of Rock Me Amadeus. Oh, my God. But this one was called People Are Still Having Sex. So this is what it sounds like. Have you noticed that people are still having sex? All the denouncement had absolutely no effect. Parents and counsellors constantly scorned them, but people are still having sex and nothing seems to stop them. Some Chicago house for you. There you go. I'll, I'll take it down. That that's Latour. People are still having sex. Just a like a, a club banger that was what they went. You know what? This is what we want Australian people to listen to when they think of our compilation. <laughs> I, I like would, a. Oh, sorry, uh, Adam. You go. No, no, I was gonna say, wasn't it like a style? Like that was like I feel like that's a whole genre of half-assed dance music with some vaguely sexy title like Sex Bomb and yeah. I'm Horny and Short Dick Man. And yeah. Even it ab- S-Express. It absolutely <laughs> sounds like popcorn as well. The music is just, it's so basic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, uh, look, yeah. I'd go into bat for this song because... <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm not saying it's bad. I, because I, the, this, when I listened to it, I remembered it when it's on paper i was like oh, i've got no idea what this is but then as soon as it starts it's like oh fuck yeah i remember this um can i just say i reckon that's what the listeners are going to be thinking for the majority of this podcast yeah <laughs> yeah are you talking about my career <laughs> <laughs> oh that one i remember him <laughs> but doesn't it doesn't that's the sound of that song it really it's just captures a time and a place right i mean yeah there was something just very quintessentially um, turn of the decade um, club, uh, you know, it's it's like the start of rave. You know, it's the, the early mm. early days of rave when you know people were taking ecstasy and you know probably no one was dying because they weren't putting <laughs> fucking you know whatever the fuck they put in it these days. Yeah. Um, so the glory days of 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 that whole scene, and and also too like I, it 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 feels underground to me and like the kind of thing that. This is the kind of music that when I was a when I was little 
and I got up early on a Saturday morning. Mum and Dad was, you know, sleeping in, and I'd put on Rage, and I'd yeah. catch, I'd catch the last kind of half hour before they went into the doing the top forty. Yeah. yeah. So the late night stuff, and this is the kind of shit that they'd be playing, and it would scare the <laughs> fuck out of me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's crazy. So I'm the same. I I grew up watching Rage, like with like you know when you're too young to go out. Rage was everything. Rage was mm. your Saturday night and your early Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. And so I remember seeing songs like this and not understanding mm. what it is and mm. it being kind of this mysterious thing. And I was ten when this came out, so it was yeah. like, and it was just rude to me. It was like great. Yeah. But this song. <laughs> Was used by Tonya Harding in ninety in the ninety two no. Winter Olympics. Wow! She used this song as her. Like for those who know, Tonya Harding was the uh, figure skater who I Tonya the film is based on. She Bugger used Robbie. this this song uh, to skate to because oh. she was the bad girl of skating. I love she it. Was the bad? Girl. I just love it even more. <laughs> yeah. I just the more the more I think about this song, the more we talk, we talk about this song, and the more I hear about this song, the more I love it. I'm glad you love it. Now I I've given myself. One episode, this is for the listener. Um, one episode, I'm allowed to not like one song. Right, Otherwise, okay. I, I think it's going to be too negative. And <laughs> the whole album, you'll hate it. No, no. But, <laughs> but this is the song. So, song number two. Never has there been a more 90 sounding song as Rhythm Syndicate, and Rhythm's not spelled correctly, no. and their song P.A.S.S.I.O.N. Here he is. Say shit is on the window. Yeah, shit's on the window. But I think it's sheep, but it's very much they made it sound like it's shit shit. L U S T on my mind, that's all I can do. And now that is oh. rhythm syndicate. Now you can't I haven't showed you two the, the film clip, but there's let's I'll talk you through for the listener. Okay. There's lots of fire. There's yes, a very yeah. big middle part on the lead singer Evan Rogers. Hmm. There is a I call them metal guitars, but it's like the jagged guitars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a bunch of uh, girls with uh, big chunky socks and kind of hot pants and and crop tops, and that's yeah. it's pure '91. Couldn't it, couldn't if you were doing a parody of what '1991 looked like, this was this is what you'd mm. go for. It feels like they've heard that Stock Aiken Waterman are big in Europe, and they've gone, oh, we need to do that, but Americans won't buy anything with lots of guitars and really synthy horns. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just. Oh, it, it's yuck. It's I mean, at least, <laughs> yeah. at least you know what was his name? Was it Jeremy Jordan? Right kind of love. Remember him? Oh yeah. Like it, it sounds like his song, but at least he was vaguely attractive to look at. Well, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. So, so rhythm syndicate. I don't know what the what the passion. I've never stands heard for. this song. Yeah. Before. <laughs> I'd love to know what passion stands for. Like that's because it's like friends, where friends was spelt with the dots in between the dots every letter. Between. And I don't know, like passion must be something, but like he does a whole bunch of L U S T like he spells out a lot of stuff, so I think maybe yeah. that's why they're they're doing it like that. Do but, you think maybe he won this the spelling bee at school? And that was his, <laughs> you know, steps to fame. Well <laughs> like Kylie was just in a soap opera, she became a pop star, and this guy won a spelling bee. <laughs> well, they're not on they're not on Spotify. No, why would you be? <laughs> well, the reason he's not is he doesn't need the money. Because I'll, I'll tell you what he did post Rhythm Syndicate. Oh. So Evan Rogers, he wrote for Boyzone. 
when they oh. were starting out. He wrote for Christina Aguilera. Yeah. He wrote for NSYNC. He wrote for Jessica Simpson, Anastasia, 98 oh, yeah. Degrees, Kelly Clarkson. Oh, my God. On her song, The Trouble With Love, which was on the Love Actually soundtrack. So he would have yeah. got paid twice for that. Oh, yeah. Then, when he was on a family holiday in Barbados, he discovered Rihanna. Oh, oh wow. my God. Went, all right, you need to come to America. Organized a meeting with Jay-Z. Jay-Z signed Rihanna in that meeting. The meeting went for half an hour. He went, yep, you signed. And then wow. Evan Rogers wrote arguably her worst song, Shut Up and Drive. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And like, so he's, even though he's got the worst song on this compilation, of everyone on, I mean, there's some really yeah, good I mean, bands coming up, but like, well, I don't know. Maybe we'll find you, your, your least favourite. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this song uh, sounded, when, when this song starts, it it basically, it sounds like they've taken the, you know, the middle eight section from Michael Jackson's song, Black and White, where it goes yeah. into the rap? Yeah. It sounds exactly like that. Yeah. Oh, exactly the same. There's a lot of sounded like that. that There's a lot of bad (laughs) rapping on these compilations coming up in later episodes. Oh, oh boy! It's I I, I cannot wait to get into some some white people rapping. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Mariah Carey's fantasy has a lot to answer for. Yeah. (laughs) So we've we started with people are still having sex. Then we've gone to p.a.s.s.i.o.n. Yeah. Very sexy. And then the purest of all the pop stars is now. She was. She used to be on Christian television ads. I'm yep. talking Amy Grant with her song "Baby, Baby." Here we go. Oh. <laughs> was that a oh from you, Kev? Is this yeah. Giving peace to yesterday. It's a while to get going. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't think the listeners will be hearing this bit, but yeah. <laughs> Now, tell me your memories of Amy Grant, boys. I thought I actually was convinced up until this podcast <laughs> that that song was sung by an Australian. Oh. I I thought it was like Margaret Ehrlich or someone someone yeah, like that. Or a Jenny Morris or one of those. The vo- yes, <laughs> Robin Layou. Because the, the voice that the the voice is just so generic. Yeah. <laughs> And and so is the sound of Poor the song, Margaret. you know. The, like the, the only positive thing I could say about that song is that um, it that melodically it is an earworm. I mean, I remember that mm. melody that's yeah. lodged in my brain and it stayed lodged in my brain for however many years it's been. So thirty years or something. So um, I will give it credit for being an, a melodic earworm, but everything about it else about it is absolute shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it feels like that's her entire career in that song because, like the the album title is one of the lyrics from the song. Yeah. Heart, so Heart this emotion. was her. She she was established as a Christian Christian pop singer. Yeah, and then I remember was, her from the ads. Take yeah. this man to prison. Yeah, man heard Herod sing. And this was her first kind of trying to get away from that and have a broader broader oh. appeal. So the songs weren't a, didn't necessarily say God or Jesus in them, but they were still. In that essence, but this and was she was still clearly appeal. a virgin. Yeah, well, the the film clip for this, I remember this, which was like the start of it. She's just walking down the street, mm. wearing a nice hat, and every guy she passes tries to like propose to her or something like that. And so, first guy's giving a present to his girlfriend, then sees her and just runs runs after her. <laughs> oh my 
and, the, and the girlfriend's trying to beat up the guy, and then the next one tries to give her a dog. It's like, have, hey, you have my dog. Like, yeah, it's. And then she does this kind of weird spaghetti eating with her actual boyfriend in some very American 90s loft kind of. Lots of yellow lighting and stuff like that. It's like but, she's seen Debbie Gibson was a, a star and has gone, I want some of that cash. Because <laughs> I, I remember my friend Justin in, high, in primary school, we used to do this thing where you'd write on your pencil case mm. and he would write, he loved Amy Grant. So it was like, Justin oh love Amy Grant or for Amy Grant, 100%. Wow. And he was very much in love with uh, Amy Grant because she used to be on, like you said, Adam, the, the Christian television commercials. Yeah, and the, that commercial was like, I think it was just a bit from one of her videos. And she was yeah. like, I remember her sitting, she was like a, a, the cool teacher. Yeah. Ra- rapping about Jesus to her little <laughs> class. Because <laughs> oh, it was her, her and DC Talk were the, the oh. big, DC Talk were the big, the big ad with uh, my name's Kevin, Kevin K, and I bring the <laughs> rock that it needs. That was, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> They're in great. You don't see Christian television ads anymore. No. no. Well, they've got Thank whole channels now. That. They don't need yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and there's a hill song around the corner from me. Just turn up there with your debit card and away they go. <laughs> All right, moving on. Our next song, song four, by probably, I would say, probably the best band on this with the best career. REM, it's Shiny Happy People. It's from the album Out of Time. Here we go. Nice little, nice little intro, which spin, no, Q Magazine said a kind of intro that even Kylie Minogue would uh, turn her nose up at. <laughs> I don't know what she's getting a drive by in this. Like, yeah, what's that all about? Is it because it's too, too separate? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I can't even have had a guitar. <laughs> We know it. Um, <laughs> what's, your, what's your take, Kevin? I'll get to you first on Shiny Happy People. I just, that's just perfection. Everything about it is perfection. Um, Kate Pearson, a singer from uh, uh, Love Shack Band, what are they called B-52s. again? B-52s. 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 Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, any opportunity I get to, to, to kind of talk about, talk her up, yeah. I, I love because I just think she's one of the most underrated rock and roll vocalists of the last 30 years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's, she's done so many great, um, co, you know, uh, duet type stuff. This is one of the best. Like, um, Billy Bragg, she did uh, Waking Up My Neighbourhood. Is that her? No. Um, she did uh, that one with Iggy Pop. Candy. Candy, yeah. yeah. I, feel like, like, I feel like if this song came out now, it would be Feet. Kate. Yes. Like, I feel like she's ripped off. Yeah, totally, yeah. She, she's, <laughs> yeah. she is brilliant. And it's like, you know, it it's the, that guitar riff, um, Michael Stipe. I mean, it's just they are a brilliant band. And and, and I think this song probably, because R.E.M. obviously had a lot of quite serious um, fans, <laughs> and I think a lot of serious R.E.M. fans probably hate this song. Well, they hate this song, the band themselves. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Michael Stipe hates this song. Like really? he, they, they've never, they've only played it once, I think, uh, oh, live post the Out of Time tour, and uh, I think it's not on their uh, best of the first best of they released with the whatever label they're on. I think, I think they'd moved on from Murmur at this point, but it's like whatever yeah. that best of is, it's not on there. They don't like it. Yeah, but yeah. He, here's one thing: we could have heard this song a hell of a lot more if it was if they gave them the rights to it. But Friends wanted this to be the actual 
theme song of the TV wow. show Friends. Wow. Instead of, yeah. instead of, oh, wow. yeah. instead of the clapping. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was the Goo Goo Dolls for a long time. Um, <laughs> I've, I, I mean, anyone, you can never miss this song. Like, I think it's on high rotation on Cole's radio. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, yeah. it's at the shops a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they were trying, it feels like a song that's trying to be ironically cloying and then accidentally becomes cloying. <laughs> like, yeah. it becomes I, I, really sentimental without meaning to be. I think there's that thing in the 90s where it was like, it was not cool to sell out. R.E.M. Yeah. already had a bit of that thing of going from um, indie to a major label and mm. then having this. But then yeah. them go, oh, we just try to write a dumb pop song. It's like, it's to prove how easy it is to write a dumb pop song. I think that's kind of distanced themselves from it. A bit like when comics get up on stage and go, yeah, I'm going to do new material. And then they do old material. It's just to go, all right, this is, I'm just saying this. Or I'm just going to have my notes on the side of stage and just do material they've been doing for 20 years. <laughs> but um, the I other hope, thing. I, I hope that, um, I hope that uh, Michael Stipe comes around uh, to this song before he dies. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and if we can appreciate it again, because they must have loved it at some point. Otherwise, they never. Well, they wouldn't have recorded it and they sure as hell wouldn't have put it out as a single. No. Yeah. And it's got some great bits, like especially with having like Kate Pearson on it and then going, yeah, yeah we hate that song. It's, it's like, no, she's great in it. Like you can't invite someone on and go, yeah, that was it shit. Sounds, yeah. it, it sounds beautiful. Every yeah. element of it, you know, the production, the guitar lines, the melody, the vocals, it just sounds so beautiful. I bet if Taylor Swift wanted to cover it with Michael Stipe, he'd be running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'd make a beeline. <laughs> Here's the other thing. Michael Stipe, very, I, I, I find him fascinating. I also yeah. find mm. him one of these people who – has been told yes for far too long. Like no one's no one's saying no to him because he released like Putin. A, yes, <laughs> except a bit nicer. And he's although his shirt is often enough as well. Uh, oh, but Michael Stipe released a book, an art book, about five years ago, and the whole thing was it just was a blank cover that said Michael Stipe, and you open it up, and all it was was a black hole, a black circle on the page, which you can use as a black hole. And he's like, oh, you can put it on the ground and just escape. Uh, put on the wall, like old Looney Tunes right. stuff. And he got to go on Stephen Colbert and promote this book. And it's like, mate, if you weren't Michael Stipe, there's no <laughs> way yeah, that's yeah. getting produced. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, there are some people that, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, you know, Tom York or, yeah, you know, they yeah, they can get away with anything, can't they? At least Madonna got her tits out of her seat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to what I... Lovingly refer to as the basil of the pop world. I'm talking Crowded House from the album Woodface. This is their song, Chocolate Cake. Now, I think the listeners can know which songs I like the most when I play more than 30 seconds, I would <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> uh, now, Kev, have you ever performed with Neil Finn or anyone from uh, Crowded House? I, I have. I, I, I supported uh, Crowded House uh, once uh, as Bob Evans many years ago. And um, 
and I've done a show with Tim Finn as well, uh, solo. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I'm a big Crowder House fan. You know, I think that this song and um, what we just heard, R.E.M., I think they really occupy, occupy a really similar kind of space. Yeah. It's that sort of, I, th I feel like they're both kind of doing similar things at this at, at this point in time. It's it's that sort of art, art kind of pop, art guitar pop mm. kind of music. And, 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 and similarly with Shiny Happy People, I feel like this song for a lot of serious Crowded House fans would have also kind of rubbed them up the wrong way. Yeah. They would have felt like it was just too frivolous. Um, <laughs> well, it rubbed Americans up the wrong way. Americans oh, didn't, no. they thought, well, not all of them, but some of them were like uh, talking about the excess, like just American excess. And there's like one of the lyrics. And is having a, a of, go at Tammy Faye. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fat on those bones. And so, uh, but this was the first single from Woodface, which is yeah. one of the best Australian albums. But yeah. um, they played it on Letterman. And I r highly recommend people going to watch that clip because it's like, no frills they're just the band but they are dressed like they're the wiggles it's great like, <laughs> they're all wearing very brightly different colored shirts black pants it's a really real good scene yeah I, I think i've got a this is probably controversial i didn't like crowded house when tim finn turned up i liked pre-tim crowded house yeah i liked I, I feel like there was a weird power dynamic between the brothers when he turned up that it just like i, I feel like they're making probably more creative stuff but you know, me being a pop fan, I was really into the earlier, yeah, very radio friendly kind of things, and and I liked Tim Finn stuff on his own, and I loved Split Ends, but yeah, I felt like Crowded House was its own thing, and then became something else from this album onwards. Yeah, mm. really, yeah. I mean, you you're right. I mean, this album was uh, originally it was supposed to be a um, Finn Brothers record. Oh right, when they they started writing songs. Um, so, so yeah, Neil, after this, because this was their third album for Crowded House, Neil mm. uh, coming out of the second album, um, I think they'd had a bit of a rough time following up the success of the first one. And he went back to writing songs with his brother and it was going to be a Finn Brothers record. And then I think they just, after a little way through the process, realised that these songs were so good mm. and they wanted to attach it to Crowded House to give it the big, to give it the best kind of push, I suppose. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was a different thing. It had its origins as quite a different, quite yeah. a different project. Because it feels very different to yeah the the older crowded house. I like your old mm. stuff better than your new stuff. <laughs> Adam, could you do a creative pursuit with your sibling? Uh, my sister, she's a lot funnier than I am. Like, yeah. <laughs> she is a lot funnier than I am. And we used to do, we used to do like sketches and stuff at school. Like we used to do like little plays at high school. But uh, she never really pursued much in yeah. the way of performance. Probably because I was so needy. Yeah. Uh, there was no light left for her. <laughs> Kev, you're, you're in the band with your brother, right? Yeah, yeah. My, my brother's the drummer in Jebediah. Yeah. And how, how was that for the other members is what I'm always – I'm always fascinated how the others yeah. go because brothers, yeah, yeah. brothers and siblings, they fight and it's fine because it's family. Mm. But for yeah, other people yeah. in the room, did it ever get uh, – uh, one, did you ever fight? And two, did it get awkward for the other members of the band? Um, no, we – to, you know, it does sound, you know, at the risk of sounding very Brady Bunch here, we um <laughs> we don't really fight. When just doesn't we don't really have it in us. And um and and the, the reason that Brett got the gig in the first place, we, we, he wasn't. We originally asked one of Ness and Chris's friends who to drum, and um and he just never showed up or whatever. So um I, I sort of said so to the other I said to the other guys, look for my brother plays drums. 
<laughs> and you know, I'm pretty sure he'll turn up. Should we ask him? And so they were like, Oh yeah, okay. And he turned up and he was that was that was Jebediah from then on. So um, but no, we we've always kind of gotten on well and I don't think um I don't think it's ever caused any the the you know, the the stories the the kind of generic story of brothers or siblings in bands fighting and what you're sort of alluding to. I know it's really, really common, but it's just not the case in general. Yeah. Because I look, I say I last night I watched the As You Were documentary, the Liam Gallagher documentary. Oh man! And in that he spends a lot of and look of those of those two brothers. Noel is my favourite. I think he's yes. really funny. I, I like Liam as well. It's not like it's some um, you know like one, but they do spend a lot of that a lot of that documentary kind of saying how bad a son Noel is. Doesn't go with his <laughs> mum. Uh, <laughs> how he's changed massively. He doesn't talk to all his old friends. Where Liam still oh gets around God. with his old friends. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So it is. Look, but maybe you know, like, why is it that? Why is it that like we think that hanging around with your old friends from high school is just automatically a sign that you're like a cool, yeah. down to earth person? It's like, <laughs> no, like, what? What if like most of the people you were at high school with were dickheads? Yes, and yeah. like you know, and you've outgrown them, and you fucking you've uh, your world is bigger now than your fucking world at high school. And I mean, I, I'm friends with a couple of still friends with a couple of people from high yeah. school. Well, you know, the members of Jebediah being two of them yep. um, <laughs> but but most of them no no, no. and does that make now? me does You're that make yourself. me some kind of like <laughs> yeah you know arrogant fucking you know rock star no i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> No one I, wants look, to hang around with those stoners anymore because they're I, probably still stoners. Uh, <laughs> if I look, if I hung out with mine, it'd be just them talking to me about how good Tool is, and how good <laughs> the Red Hot Chili Peppers are. Yeah. Oh no, the Chili Peppers! That was that was my everyone. Everyone in my town was like, it went that kind of like ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. So. Stinkfist. I don't reckon I'd been to a party in Tasmania where Stinkfist was not played at one point. Well, the, the that was song. my nickname in high school. <laughs> <laughs> See you there, Adam. I still, we still got it. I set you up. You knock them down. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, moving on. Oh. Speaking of psychos, this uh bad. Huey Lewis and oh. the news with their not, couldn't look I know this was released in ninety one, but this is just pure eighties to me. It's couple yeah. days off. Here we go.
Anyway, that's enough of that. That's that is more than enough. <laughs> Huey Lewis in the news. That, that... Huey Lewis in the news, who have obviously uh, taken the power of love from Back to the Future, uh, cut it up into pieces, and just stuck it back down in a different order. <laughs> mm, yeah, this this listening to this song makes me feel sad because because the the Huey Lewis stuff at his peak in the eighties was. I mean, there were some great songs, and yeah. he's got an undeniably brilliant uh, vo- voice. Yeah. This to me just sounds like a band that's fucking run out of ideas, you yeah. know, like really run out of ideas and, and money possible. Song... <laughs> <laughs> so not really putting the new in the in the news. Oh, it's no. like, it's, it's... Yeah, <laughs> this is this is this is Huey a, Lewis in the memory. Yeah, this is toilet paper. I, I look. I think of. Do you know how there's so many great backing bands? I think the news very underrated. Mm. I think they're a very great band. Like people talk about the E Street Band. Yeah, new power generation with Prince. I mean, no one's really talking about Johnny Diesel's injectors, but <laughs> I think the news as as a as a band. Very good. And I, I did some research. Their, their name before they were Huey Lewis and the News was Huey Lewis and the American Express. The American oh. Express. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it's kind of you know that's an, they're, they're kind of an interesting sort of phenomenon in, in the eighties because they were really. They were kind of bringing back that aesthetic, for like a real retro aesthetic, you mm. know, that sort of, I guess it was kind of like a 50s, 60s, kind of American jukebox, yeah. you know, happy days, kind of, you know, Huey Lewis. Oh, it like absolutely sounds it a, like a TV sitcom theme song. Yes. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, you can see two girls kind of walking through Milwaukee kind of hand in hand, just going, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so, yeah, their aesthetic was kind of kind of strange for that point in time. Um but yeah, you know, obviously by the time we got into the nineties, you know, it was pretty much all over. I think he's still, um, he's still singing. He's still around. Well, I think I, I think I read. I couldn't find this when I was doing some research, but I th- he's got an ear infection or problem that yes. he can't sing, so he's oh. not singing. So cruising and with Gwyneth Paltrow was his last song. But then they did some. That's tragic. Do off. <laughs> <laughs> but there, are, I, I did see there are some tribute bands which I thought. If you're a Huey Lewis and the News tribute band, oh yeah, your band yeah. name's clearly Huey Lewis and the Fake News, that's... <laughs> <laughs> or oh, Huey be... Huey Lewis. But no, they're called <laughs> they're called Hip to Be Square. These are the that's the number one, and then the next one, which is like kind of their blur to the Oasis, is the Heart of Rock and Roll. They're the two big, oh. major Huey Lewis and the News tribute acts. So you can well, still it, see them. There's no point in being a tribute act if you don't have a pun name. Like that yeah. feels yeah. wasted opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're not taking it not taking it seriously. Like if your name's not Pelvis Presley, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on. Now, this one, a bit of a sad story here. This is another Australian on the thing, Troy Newman. Um, do you know anything about Troy Newman, gents? I've never heard of Troy Newman in my life. Well, Troy I... Newman is from Perth originally. I was uh, really into Troy Newman back in the day because he had like a rev head from Home and Away vibe and that was my Yeah, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Nice. Anyone yeah. look like that. <laughs> now, this is his song, Red. Love Gets Rough. I'm going to play it here. I'm going to start. Uh, yeah, here we, we'll just play from the start. Here. They're bringing the, the sexies coming back, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's had a little break from the sex and now it's back. It was always written in the book of hearts. Love will find a way. The first page made me lonely at the start. 
All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip forward to the chorus just so we can hear it. So yeah. here we go. So good. Now, that song, I swear, was used in an ad for something because I remember that the chorus from my youth and it wasn't, wouldn't have just mm. been from it being played on Rage. It but, was on the radio uh, a lot. It was, yeah. and I think it was on Hey Hey it's Saturday a lot. I think they play, I think Molly had a crush on him too. Molly was a big, <laughs> I, doing the research for him, Molly was a big fan of Troy right. Newman. Because yeah. this, this is his first single. This was the, he was in some, some musical in Sydney. Uh, yeah. which was kind of an underground musical, and he was like the lead of that. And then he got a recording deal and then uh, had this album played on played on Hey Hey It's Sad Day. Uh, and a then, lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Then he went to LA to record his album. And I, this is, I used to think back in the old days when someone said, I'm recording my album in the States, that secretly there was a recording studio in Brunswick called yeah. The States. <laughs> 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 it just made it sound exotic. <laughs> In the nineties, they should have called it Seattle. That everyone, yeah. yeah, we're going to Seattle record. Would have been, it's in a would back have been in Brunswick. Hey, Josh, can you can can you does your research can it confirm that this song was actually a a, a hit? Was it really a hit? It was number thirty three on the Aria charts. So no, okay, so That's, for a first it's album, it went into the Billboard uh, Hot One Hundred. It, it yeah. charted in America. Did it? Okay, well yeah, that's yeah. impressive. I mean, thirty three, like ninety eight, but still I mean, it charted. <laughs> What, what was the highest uh, the, the, you've charted, Kev? Not not to say you, you don't have hits, but what was the highest? Um, well, probably it would be a Jebediah song. Um, well, don't you think it's time was twenty five? Got to twenty five. Yeah, uh, I think the highest we got with Jebediah song was like just inside the top twenty. We yeah. never had a top ten, never. Yeah. We had our our albums did, but singles not. Yeah, I found out that Big Yellow Taxi never hit the top ten. In, when, uh, what about the Cannon Crows version? <laughs> That, yeah, yeah. I think that was top ten adult contemporary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So the the Troy Newman story. There's not much on the internet about him. It is quite sad. He he dies at 33. So oh, okay. he's no longer with us. Well, in no mysterious circumstances. Hang on. He died at the same age that his song I know. charted. Yes. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> but he he died. Okay. The story's getting better. Police say there's no mysterious circumstances. Found alone in oh. his in his uh, apartment. So. You know, take with that with you, Will. Uh, College report was not yeah. favourable, I imagine. <laughs> but he, in the years leading up to that, he had a lot of issue with because he was in LA and the label, which is either EMI or Warner, wanted him to come back to Australia and record. And he's like, no, 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 I've got my band in LA, and he came out for his second album or maybe third album, did it on Hey Hey It's Saturday, and you could never find four more. Session musicians, if you tried looking dudes, these dudes were so just. That was like ninety three, ninety four when he came back. Now, mm. the the hair metal scene had gone. In was grunge. These guys, yeah. nah, we're still rocking the hair metal look, <laughs> playing music that sound like this with those kind of metal guitars. Yeah. Didn't they? Like, yeah, it's just that thing of going. He just was kind of yeah. that one step too far, which is must be hard if. The music you're playing is like this is this is who I am. I'm not going to try and go with the trends because that's mm. not true who I am. I'm going to stay with this. But when everyone's kind of going one way and you're staying in this way, ah, oh, must be tough. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sad. I mean, look, grunge grunge really just it did destroy a lot of careers overnight didn't yeah it? you know and and you know most of them probably shan't be missed but no. um, <laughs> i think it was a a change that needed to happen well this yeah. album you're seeing a lot of the people who were thinking it'll never stop and then yeah. nirvana releases their like album their what is it the second album because mm. you know bleach is the first then uh that and then all these people are like, oh, we, we've got to change. But he had, he had like, so uh, I think there was an album that they didn't release. The label weren't happy with it. Yeah. You've been, how many labels have you been with, Kev? Have you ever had issues of like one label person being in charge, loving what you do, and then another one comes in and you now kind of start from scratch with them? I remember um, I've only really, Jeb's with Sony for years and, and Bob Evans was with EMI. They're the only two labels really. And then I've done stuff independently outside of that. I remember Jebediah on our third album. So our first album, Slightly Old Way, was, you know, sold really well. And our second album still sold like 100,000 copies or whatever, but it was less than the first. So, yeah. I mean, these days, that, so that was considered oh, a bit of a disappointment. I'd give my fucking like, <laughs> testicle for it, sell that many records today. <laughs> um, <laughs> so going into our third album, we were, I remember we were quite sort of put out. We were still, I was still in my very early 20s at this point in time. And I remember feeling quite put out that the, uh, that Sony, said that we had to go into a studio and record demos we're like what the, what do we need to record demos for like what's happened you know because we were pretty much just left to do whatever the hell we wanted yeah um and we were left alone and so so yeah we're, that that was kind of a time i suppose when and then they after that album we were dropped oh. so um <laughs> it all kind of turned around pretty quickly but um but no i mean never really i've never been in the, only ever been in a situation where perhaps like you know there was one time where i finished a bob evans record and it was like, you know, the label kind of like, oh, is it, does it, does it need another song? Yeah. And I was just like, no, I don't have any other songs. So <laughs> this is it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, never, I've never been in a situation where a label's gone, oh, this album's, you know, no good or you got to re record it or whatever, anything like that. That'd be awful. Yeah. I, I uh, have done a few comedy festival shows where I'm like going at the end of going, yeah, this needs another bit somewhere here. Like <laughs> I just need something else. Like <laughs> Josh and I were uh, on a TV show and they changed management and we yeah. swept out the door. Yeah. <laughs> and and our, fir our first show rated 800,000. And <laughs> fuck it. They would love that now. Like, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of one of those bands that grunge kind of got rid of, this is, I like to refer to them as the Swedish White Stripes. I'm talking about <laughs> Roxette and their song, Fading Like a Flower. I'm going to go forward a bit. I'm going to... Oh, the chorus is, is... It rocks. Here we go. <laughs> Rock they set. were so ubiquitous at the time. Like they were on the radio all the time. That yeah. that, that album Joyride 
Yeah. Huge. Like, Massive. Probably the biggest band of this year. Like looking at the Hello the You line. Fool, yeah. I Love You. That's Joy right. Yeah. Was, it, was this a later single? This was single number four. Yes. It yeah. sounds like a it yeah. sounds like single number four, you know what I mean? Like this is this is the only one I like of Roxette's. Really? Because oh, it sounds song, like an ABBA song. <laughs> it's a, it does, yeah. I was gonna say that at the ABBA I mean, look, they they really did kind of sort of take the torch, mm, didn't they, yeah. from ABBA and you know, because um, that you know, the Swedish thing and um, but I feel like uh, this song is basically a chorus. Yeah. And and all the other, like the verse, it sounds a little bit like an after. I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm being, getting, getting all songwriter in. No, it's no that's good. But it, but, um, but it does sound like the verse is kind of like just a, a, a kind of something that, oh, we just have to put, sorry, something in front of the chorus, in between the choruses. <laughs> the song is basically just a chorus. Yes. Yeah. Now, for those who are too young to remember Roxette, now they were made up of two Swedish uh people marie frederickson and per gessel couldn't look more swedish if you tried she was (laughs) tall blonde hair crop short very very attractive per gessel glasses a bit aloof and uh it was like half of abba yeah well you bring up abba (laughs) she she did do some backing vocals for one of abba's uh solo projects so one of the women's not not, what's the other one not agnipa there's frida frida was it the one that was produced by phil collins i'm not sure her first album yeah and Roxette, I only think of this today. Like, such a dumb name for a, oh, yeah. a rock a rock band. Roxette. Roxette. It's like, I know. I always laugh when Metallica. When you think Metallica. about Metallica, is yeah, just yeah, a dumb yeah. name. It yeah. is. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, but it, but it's sort of, yeah. I've, I've often thought about that as well. But it, it, but it does kind of like almost set you up. It's like Kiss. It does kind of set you up to for your band name to become a brand yeah you know like you're you're bra- you're really leaning into the whole idea of your band name being a brand and so if you can pull it off like they did then you know maybe it's not oh, so dumb i think there's a lot of dumb name bands that are really good bands so like nirvana mm. is a dumb name for a band yeah. the beatles <laughs> is a dumb name for a band it, well come on i mean they were, i mean you could once, once you start sort of going down this rabbit hole, I mean, you could pretty much say that every band name is fucking stupid. I mean, well, come on, Huey Lewis and the News. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's definitely. Okay, well, what's it? Okay, give us an example of like a really fucking cool, smart band name. I think um, Crowded House is a good band name. Crowded yep. House? Yeah. It just, it, like, it, it just, it makes you feel like you're at some party that you shouldn't be at. <laughs> I'm trying to think. See, I share a Spotify account with my whole family. Oh, and no. And when I'm doing exercise, I like to listen to dumb kind of punk music. And the other day I got in the car and it just kind of comes on in the car. And I was listening to a song called Ghost with a Boner by the band Diarrhea Planet. And my kids <laughs> oh were my like, God. what are you listening to? <laughs> <laughs> like getting shamed by my own kids about the kind of garbage I listen to. But yeah, <laughs> big, big ups for... For Diary Planet, and also <laughs> I skipped it. So they did, and then the next song was a band called PQ PQ PQ, uh, and their song "I Want to See a Wolf," which is about driving in a tour bus, wanting to see a wolf on the highway. <laughs> I, I've I, I've just thought of a band name. This is a there's a, a band from Canberra, a young band from Canberra, all female rock and roll band. I've never seen them play, but I've heard their music. It's pretty cool. Hopefully, I'll get to see them someday. And they have a pretty cool name. Uh, they're called. Um, Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers. Yes, oh, they are very good. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not a bad one. That's a mouthful, yeah. though. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a, that's no, a lot for Molly to say on Hey Head Saturday. <laughs> so 
the band Roxette got their name from the Doctor Feelgood song Roxette. Oh, so that's that's where it comes from. Okay, but yeah, but just huge. This band, yeah, yeah, huge until Nirvana came and was like, ah, well, that was a good run, sweet, yeah. and not not at all connected to Max Martin. Or um, yeah, right. Th- that other pop, what was the guy whose surname was Pop? Uh, uh, Denise Pop. Yeah, yeah. They were they were Ace of Base fans, not yeah. Roxette fans. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Swedish Sausage Factory of Pop is a big thing. Like they're oh, interesting. Yeah, they decimate yeah. Eurovision frequently. Oh, we're going to get to it later on in this series. We're going to get just <laughs> Max Martin just rules the roost over these these oh, compilation yeah, albums. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now this is the last song on side A. Oh. This is it. So this is ex LA Laker cheerleader <laughs> Paula Abdul with her song Rush Rush. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna put this forward to about here we go. Bit of pan pipe action. Sexy again. So sexy. <laughs> oh, it's oh, like the cause have come in playing a song about <laughs> premature ejaculation. <laughs> oh, that was rush, the rush. Fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Paula Abdul, I mentioned she was the head cheerleader of the yep. LA Lakers. Uh, joined the LA Lakers cheerleading team in 1980 when uh, Dr. Jerry Buss took over the team. Uh, I don't know if anyone's been watching Winning Time, the uh, Showtime series. Watching that, absolutely no question in my mind that she was sexually assaulted by Jerry Buss. What a, oh. what a creep. Uh, he's meant to be like the hero in this uh, series. No, not at all. No. Awful, awful. <laughs> um, was discovered, though, for her music uh, by the Jacksons. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Because didn't she choreograph... Yeah. Um, Rhythm Nation and all that kind of thing. Yeah, with, uh, Janet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a pretty fascinating backstory, isn't it? For yeah, a, for a pop singer, um, and, and probably she... far more interesting than the song we just heard. And yeah. she went on to <laughs> testify in front of Congress because she got a fungal nail infection at a nail salon. <laughs> she thought they deserved, they needed more stringent uh, regulation over nail salons. Wow, <laughs> she got political. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she. Uh, so this was her sixth uh, release. Like she'd released a bunch, an album and some singles. This was her sixth uh, and release. Bafflingly number one for a month. Yeah, this yeah. song. Yep. It was huge. Oh my god! Wow, and it was quite it, quite month. It was a departure of sound for her. All the others had been like quite upbeat pop songs, exactly dance songs. Yeah, yeah. This was the first ballad. And yeah, yeah. She really fought for it. She's like, no, I want this song. I want this song. And the vocal that you're hearing was actually from the demo. And I don't know if you've experienced this, Kev, where you do demos and because you're hearing that all the time, you just can't hear it with any other vocals. Like that's that's the that's the rendition that the producers could yes. hear. And every time she'd try to do another one, they're like, "No, we just like this one. Let's just use yeah. this one." So, yeah. Demo. They they call it demoitis um, when you go into the studio and and you're no matter what you do, you just cannot recreate um, what you uh, had in the demo. And I think that comes from like when you're doing a demo, you're capturing the idea right close to the source you know in that sort of moment of inspiration um and it just you you capture a a kind of feeling or an ambience that is very very difficult to recreate so tips to uh young songwriters don't make your demos too good (laughs) 
Because <laughs> otherwise you'll be fucked in the studio. Everyone will be bummed out that they can't recreate it. The comedy yeah. equivalent is when you get a heckle and you say something off the cuff and then you try and oh. recreate that after and it's never as good. It's yeah. just, isn't that, look, I, and I, you know, I'm no comedian, but I have had the, exactly the same thing happen at gigs, um, solo gigs where I've said something off the cuff and it's just fucking, just brought the house down, everyone's laughing or whatever. And yeah, go to do it the next night. Yeah. And it's just fucking crickets. Yeah. Like yeah. how? What? How does that happen? That's Welcome why I stopped writing stand up. I just started. I just started writing on stage. I was yeah. like, well, if it if it works really well when I haven't written anything, I'm just never going to write anything again. I'll just yeah, turn yeah, up yeah. and yeah, hope yeah. for the best. My, my and favorite. I'll get thing better now, at that. <laughs> my favorite thing now is there's so many comics. Who the new thing is, and this is what everyone's doing, is filming every set and putting and posting up little oh, highlights yeah. for their set on on the for TikTok, TikTok and Instagram on Tiki Toki. Yeah. <laughs> But my favourite thing is when they say, oh, I had some person in the other night say this to me. I'm like, no, you didn't. Because if you did, you'd, you'd filmed it and you would have put that bit up. Like, don't yeah. say, <laughs> don't do awesome. the whole thing. Had someone say this and then you thought four days later, I should have said this and then go and say, yeah, this is what I said. We know, you know, we know you're lying now. Like, there's photographic proof. Um, can we talk about how successful Rush Rush was? And I'm, I reckon it's because Keanu Reeves was in the video. Like, uh, they, they remade Rebel Without a Cause in yeah. five minutes with, her playing Natalie Wood and him playing James Dean. See, no way. as a kid, I thought it was like, do you know how they used to do, like if you're on the soundtrack, they'd sometimes yeah. splice in the movie into the film clip. I yeah, thought it exactly was a real movie. Thought. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there's dialogue and everything. Yeah. 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 Not a real movie. They just, no. oh, it is a real movie, but not the no. real movie. Yeah. I, I, and her vocals are so weedy. Like, the, I, I think it's really brave for people who are famous as, as dancers to record a ballad. Like, you can count on no hands the number of Jennifer Lopez ballads that are successful. <laughs> like, it's it was it was ballsy of her to go, yeah, no, I can sing. I'm a dancer. <laughs> so that is side A. Side A, gentlemen, what, what do we think? Side A. Oh, uh, you know, some... <laughs> A little bit, little bit of good, a little bit of shit. Um, you know, I, I, I'd call it a, I, it's a straight 50-50 split of uh, good and bad to me. I, uh, look, I was 20 at this point of my life yep. uh, and was misspending my youth in a, quite a spectacular fashion. Um, so my memories are only the cassette single of Roxette and, yep. and getting a bit excited about uh, Keanu Reeves being pretty in that video. And other than that, it's a blur. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but listening to him all again, I'm like, oh, I remember that. Yeah. I think I remember that one. Like it's it's been yeah, weird pinging at a part of my brain that hasn't been used in a long time. As yeah. a kid, I didn't have this compilation, but if listening back, I would have I reckon the songs that would have stood out to me would have been Roxette and REM. Uh, and I'm being honest, like now, no Roxette, but REM. Because <laughs> REM was my brother, my older brother was into REM and he right. wasn't really into music. But we got into REM at um monster age. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that was when they were on the decline. But I remember that. Still a good album, though. I think so as well. I listened to it. And I, it's that thing of that was the first album I listened to of theirs. So I'm like, oh, yeah. this is great. But my favorite album of theirs was uh, New Adventures in Hi-Fi, right. which is, I would have been 14, 15 listening to that, which is yeah. a weird, because it's like six minute songs, no yeah. real choruses. Oh. Patty Smith is on it. It's like a yeah. weird, and it's like, when I look back at, or we look at the music I'm into now, I'm like, oh, that's obviously why, because I had that and didn't go and buy the best of rock set when I was 15. Yeah. You're mm. imprinted. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, so I turned 14 in 1991. So, um, so, you know, I, I recognize a lot of these songs and I, uh, you know, puts me back into, you know, my 
living room. Uh, I can remember seeing a lot of these things on Rage and stuff. But also, it would have literally been the following year where I discovered Triple J, Nirvana, flannelette shirts, and, yep. you know, completely disowned you know all of this stuff almost yeah. overnight um <laughs> but you know what's a funny little story is like so uh, you because you, you said that they were making these right up till about 2017 and um my daughter uh my oldest daughter who's 10 now you know a few years back we um we bought her a um one of these you know hit compilation cds um and of course you know by this stage, you know, we've got Spotify and streaming and all that kind of stuff. You know, nobody's really buying these things anymore, except we bought one for the car or something, bought it for her. And, you know, I think it was like a, a present or something. And she unwraps it and she's just looking at it. She looks at the back and she goes, oh, man, it's like somebody's chosen all my favorite songs and put them on one CD. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, when you already have like streaming, I just thought that was fucking adorable. <laughs> Also, it's, you know, in a world of burned CDs, like yeah, I know, yeah, get one it's of the like, shots. Yeah. <laughs> she oh. thought it was magic, so there you go. Bless well, this is all this was. This this whole compilation was just made by one horny man, just to, yeah. just trying to give it to some girl he's got a crush on or guy. Do you know, just, what, do you yeah. know what else I used to love about these compilation CDs? Is that they would truncate the songs so they could fit more on. Yeah, like they would chop beginnings and endings off. Like there'd be hard, no songs would have intros. Some would just disappear after the bridge. Like yeah. they'd just hack them up into pieces. Uh, anyway, I I've had a lot of fun, gentlemen. Where where can people find you, uh, Adam? You've got your podcast. Adam has a theory. Adam Richard has a theory, which is daily Doctor Who podcast and uh, my weekly Mariah Carey podcast about her memoir. Uh, me, I am a memoir. The meaning of the meaning of Mariah Carey. <laughs> Excellent. So look at that. Uh, Kev, where can people find you? Oh, uh, uh, Jebediah and Bob Evans uh, on stages all over the place. Uh, my uh, latest Bob Evans record is called Tomorrowland. It came out last year, but it still feels new because I've barely been able to do anything with it. Yeah, you can tour it now. <laughs> <laughs> I have managed to play some shows lately, but I'm hoping to still get to do some more. So, yeah. Excellent. And uh, listeners of this, if you are on Twitter, I know who, who's on Twitter, but I'm, I'm running <laughs> polls. I'm running polls of this album, which is the, like, it's going to be, what is the best song of this album? It's like a bracket tournament. There's going to be like one a day for five days. We'll see which, which song you think is the best song of this album. Hey, thank you. That was the very first episode of 100% Hits Volume Pod. I've been Josh. I'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.